back with another episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast. As always, this is Pello joined by Casey. Casey, how are we doing this evening? Well, doing pretty good. Coming to you on a Monday night. So, well, you knew that, but I guess yeah. our listeners, uh, they might have known, right? If they came on on Monday and saw we didn't, I mean, our, our we didn't send any messages out, so they're probably playing on a really sad uh, yeah. on Monday. Yeah. No, no episode ready. Big disappointment for a Monday morning, so sorry about that. I had some uh, birthday activities in the family here that I had to had to attend to, so um, we did we did that this weekend. It was a birthday weekend here in our house, which was which is fun, and it's just it's nice to kind of it breaks it up, right? We've been kind of not doing things for a long time, uh, so having a weekend where it's like, hey, we're going to set aside and do things a little differently was was a bit was nice and refreshing. So. Yeah. Uh, doing pretty good here on a Monday, and you know this time of the year, Marlo, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it's maybe push it back a day, a day or yeah. two. Uh, not a lot, kind of impending, um, and things to talk about. We do have a lot to talk about. I'm excited. So that's how I'm doing, Marlo. How that, are you? Does that end your gift giving gauntlet? Or no? You said no, no, anniversary. no. Anniversary's coming you said up. Your anniversary. Forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost yeah. there. Almost there. Getting through it. Getting through it. Getting you through know, it. it's it's tough. When you have to replenish the gift idea inventory every two to three weeks, so <laughs> that is a that is a hard thing to do. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. I'm doing well. Yeah. I yeah, not as, not as eventful as weekend. I cut the grass for the first time. That was exciting. I was on strike from cutting the grass because oh. my grass was not cooperating, and uh, everyone else's <laughs> is green and mine isn't. Yeah, but uh, I gave it was the first cut. Meanwhile, everyone around me has had two or three at least. Yeah, it's tough. We're in a tough spot. We have uh, neighbors on our street here who care a lot about their grass, do a really good job with it, Um, and we are uh, on an effort to save the bees, Marlo. Oh, so we are. We are also on strike from cutting the grass. Oh, because we are going to do our part on our. Tiny yard to save the bees. There you go. All right. So, well, if I would have known, I would have stood the line. Yeah. Uh, shoot. Well, now I'm back on strike. Okay. Yeah. Free, it's for the Thirty Breeze podcast is a cut is grass cut free zone. Yeah, we're saving the bees. Yeah. We made got little signs about it, Marlo. Our, yeah. uh, I think our library had them, or somebody had them. They're like kind of you painted a little sign that said, "Sorry, we didn't cut our yard. We're saving the bees." Yeah, I want one. I'm gonna get yeah, one. All right. Well, I'll send you a picture of ours. Okay. That's going on. <laughs> blow it up and <laughs> something. I don't it's like a little piece of wood and they anyway, we did that. So uh yeah, we're doing we're we're doing our best uh for that and it involves uh less grass cutting, so all really in. a win a win win all around. All in. So <laughs> there right. we go. That was thrilling. I bet <laughs> uh should we get on with, with sports? I guess we could talk more about bees. It's a it's pretty important, I think. It's very important. They're struggling out there. They are. Was it the bees? Did you get? Was it this time last year? Like that? Save the bees movement. Probably. It it seems like it's a spring thing to do because they're laying their their nests now. They're you know uh, planting their eggs or offspring or whatever. So it's an important important time for them. They need they need the energy to be able to do that to you know. And bees are important going. to our ecosystem. Yes, they are. They're like the bottom of it. Yeah. Where they like affect the bottom of it. Whatever. All right. That's enough bees. Let's talk right. badgers. Bees to badgers. Bees to badgers. Natural uh, transition there. A couple Final things. Final four. Yeah. 
We were in it. We're in it. Another Final Four. As I always say with Final Fours, Marlo, it's a it's an <laughs> achievement just to get there, just to show up and, and be able to... You so know, they, this is a prelude to Wisconsin doing a Wisconsin. Yeah, they don't cut down the nets, but they definitely should cut down the nets in volleyball. There well, are nets. Should. Yeah, why don't they cut down the nets in volleyball? That would make a lot more sense. Yeah, and you don't even, like... I, I guess I don't know how the sides of the nets are put up, but you could. Just, I assume there's just four ropes... <laughs> on the four yeah. corners, like in a, a beach volleyball, maybe not. I'm not sure. <laughs> but like, you could just cut those down, and then you have the whole net, or maybe cut, cut little pieces. I don't know. Why don't they cut down the nets? I, I'm pretty the sure nets? they. I should say I don't know that they don't. Ooh. But I'm just I watched. It, I kept it on a little bit after uh, the Elite Eight game, and I didn't see anybody cutting down nets. So I don't know. Yeah. <coughs> or do you only uh, cut down the nets when you win a championship? I don't even know now. Uh, well, yeah. We need our resident volleyball listeners. Let yeah. us know. Do they cut down nets in the S- final four? If, if not, not, why not? Yeah, start doing it. Yeah. Uh, cuz we'd have some of the net from the Elite 8 win over Florida, which I forgot was on. I didn't forget it was on. I knew it was on. I forgot what time it was on, and then I went to turn it on and went, "Oh crap, I missed it." But just kidding cuz it went to five sets and I watched the fifth set. So it was a Quite the comeback in the final set, so that was really fun to see. I was kind of prepared to be emotionally disappointed randomly because I, I was thinking about it as they were losing, and I was like, I could have just waited 15 minutes to turn this on, and I would have I would have like looked at the score and went shoot, and then moved on with my day. <laughs> but now that I turned it on and watched it, I'm like pacing in my living room, and I'm like, you know, getting emotionally invested in this game that I just started watching, uh, and was kind of thinking how ridiculous it was of me to all of a sudden kind of like transition into this like stressing about a game that I almost didn't see because I forgot what time it was. <laughs> it's strange the way the world it's strange the way sports sports make you make you feel. Yeah, it that it is. Uh but my disappointment was allayed for two days. Uh and that happened when Wisconsin played Texas in uh Afro said final four and they got smoked by Texas Marlowe. Just, just outplayed out of the building. It was uh, not good. Not good. Um, that's my expert volleyball <laughs> take on that. Uh, I was just watching that and going, I' pretty sure Wisconsin's a good team, and Texas is just playing out of their mind. So I just, at the end of the game, just convinced myself this was a a Baylor Gonzaga national championship game. Nobody was beating Texas that day. Got it. They were just playing that well. Uh, and it's funny in sports that I don't play um, where, like, I watch it and, like, in, or haven't played. Like, in basketball, I can understand, like, cold days in basketball. Like, oh, my shots aren't falling today. But it's hard for me to understand, like, what a cold day, the equivalent of that would be in volleyball. Where, yeah. like, for Texas, right, every um, spike they were hitting was going to nobody or hitting off Wisconsin's arms and going out of bounds. And it was really frustrating to watch. But, like, they were in the zone that day. And it's hard for me to imagine being in the zone for volleyball. And conversely, for Wisconsin, they were sailing a couple spikes. Their their kill ratio was just not as good as it normally is. And it's just like, how does that work where, like, some days it's just not working for you? I can't, like, envision it in sports I haven't played. So that was really – I was trying to wrap my head around that and, and, and failing because I don't play it enough. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really bad – well – I'm really bad at a lot of things, but I'm pretty bad at volleyball. So, can't jump. I just can't jump. It's so frustrating. You could be a setter. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so I, 
was thinking about that and then just convinced myself that nobody was beating Texas that day. Um, but somebody did. Kentucky went on to yeah, the national championship. Uh, it was a different day, though, Marlo. That's true. That's it was true. a different day. Uh, Kentucky wins. I think they had two kids, two girls from Wisconsin on their team. So that's cool. So it's kind of a championship for Wisconsin. Yeah, it's pretty Nonetheless. Yep. Nonetheless. So very cool there. Um, well, well, like you said, it's, uh, it, it was part of the journey. Congratulations, women's volleyball, making it the Final Four. Yeah. It's two years in a row. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's what Wisconsin does. We get there. We, we get, get there. there. We get to cheer in yeah. losing games that matter. <laughs> yes. Exactly. It counts. It counts for You got to make a t-shirt, man. Yeah. We'll add it to our collection. Yep. Our t-shirt collection. Um, all right. Yeah, congratulations on the volleyball season. Uh, they, it was really fun all year. They were they were awesome. I think the COVID pause hurt them uh, it, and kind of, I think, robbed some of their key matchups that I think would have helped in a, a match like this. But um, a good season nonetheless. And I think, you know, good things are still to come for that program. Uh, speaking of things to come for programs, Marlo. Oh, boy. Contract extensions for all. You get a contract extension. You get, okay, six badgers coaches. <laughs> contract extensions. Uh, this is very. And like very the four of the biggest ones, right? Yep. <clears throat> if you had to pick four um, Paul Chris, uh, obviously the football coach, Greg Gard, basketball coach, Tony Granado, uh, men's hockey coach, Mark Johnson, women's hockey coach, and then swimming and wrestling coaches, who I don't know who they are. Um, I mean, their names are in front of me, but I didn't know before their names were just in front of me now. All got extensions. Um, I know, I mean, I, I don't know how much you want to talk about one of them individually, Marlo, but uh, what are your thoughts on this overall? Um, yeah, it's extension season. I, things, I, didn't, I, I didn't look into um, all the extensions and what they pertailed, but, you know, you, you, do good, you do good things. Women's, men's hockey, obviously, deserves... Um, extensions. Yep. Uh, for the seasons they put on. Um, for us, what you put there? Yeah, swimming. I don't know. <laughs> Everything, but yeah, this. I mean, this happens uh, around this time. You get those. Those coaches get the extensions as the. I think it doesn't have to be voted on by some. Some. Probably some board or something. Some board. Yeah, uh, of that nature. So, and this is also Barry's dishing out his last wishes. His last. His last. Uh, his last supper. Like. This is what I've done for you. Here you go. Uh, look. So, I don't know. Obviously, the one that bugs me is the Greg Gard um, extension. Even though, like, it's one of those things, like, you knew I knew it was coming. This, If it wasn't, then it would have been even better. But, uh, you know, kind of, it is what it is. It's what's standard standard extension, right? Nothing. Mm-hmm. No? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, pretty, I mean, standard, pretty standard extension. Breaking through. Same thing with Chris. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, so all of the 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 four that I mentioned, the hockey, basketball, football, are through uh, 2026. So essentially yeah. five year extensions. Um, so I agree with you that all the other ones seem deserved. The Greg Gard one is maybe a bit of a surprise. Um, I think a lot of our our fans or Badger fans in general in general uh, will. I don't have qualms. I, I know some of our friends will have qualms, but there's some of our yeah. some people have qualms. But um, this to me just was kind of Barry Alvarez on his way out saying, "These are my guys." 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and extending that and kind of, I guess, extending his legacy a little bit. Um, it's a little bit. I was a little bit surprised because Barry Barry Alvarez is uh, retiring that they wouldn't let whoever the new AD is. But I, I suppose who knows when that's going to actually happen and get them in. Uh, especially in the case of Greg Card, because I thought that if they were going to move on from Greg Card, this was the opportunity where a new AD yep. comes in and just says, look, he's not my guy. Yep. Uh, and I guess you could do that with any any coach, right? But um, I can imagine a new AD coming in and firing Paul Christ or trying to move on from him with the success that he's had. Uh, but you know, as contentious as our conversation has been about Greg Gard, I think there was an opportunity that that could have happened. So I'm surprised. I, I, surprised isn't the right word. Um, this is saying that that's not going to happen, essentially. Or if a new AD comes in, it's going to cost them a lot to, to make that move. So I think yeah. it was just Barry on his way out saying, this is this is who's going to coach us for the next the next couple of years. Um so we'll see. Forget about me. Yeah. I don't know. I I thought as much as I've kind of argued for Gregard, um, I would have liked to maybe run down the contract and see what was out there at that point, see who was interested. Um, but I'm also okay with – I think I'm okay with him being the coach going forward. <laughs> okay. The fact that you said you think you're okay, we got you thinking – I'll take it. I mean, look, I think I don't know if I would have given him if it was me, I don't know if I would have given him 5 years. I would I would say two or three more. See what the team looks like. Yeah. Two or three more years. Um I guess that's it. I would think too or I would have thought beforehand it would be just a couple years instead of the whole nother class, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, like a whole nother, yeah, a whole nother kind of four years of it. I just I think I want to see what his last two, three recruiting classes become. If they're something good or special or whatever, then all right, let's roll with it. If they're not, then then we need to start looking elsewhere. Maybe five years is the, the time frame for that. I just think two to three would have been more where I was where I was hoping to to kind of run this run this through. That's all I got on contract extensions. All right, next one. Badgers. Aleem Ford was drafted. What? Oh, no. Where did my tweet go? I had it pulled up. Pause. <laughs> All right. He was drafted by... So I saw this in a tweet. And I went to the... Okay. He was drafted in the Puerto Rican League by... Oh. Okay. I took French in high school, so deal. bear with me here. Cuenta uh, de los Leones de Ponce. Whoa. It's a professional basketball team in Puerto Rico. They are tied for the winningest team in Puerto Rico with 14 championships. What? Two other two other teams are tied with 14 championships, which what? seems really strange. <laughs> so he's on, he's on the, the Lakers, team. Lakers-Celtics matchup. So I saw it in a tweet from uh, Badger, Nathan, Badger Nation Clothing. <laughs> And I googled the team, and on their Instagram, and I have an Instagram account because I'm old, um, they had his picture on there <laughs> in one of their Instagram comments. What do they call it on Instagram? You can call it comments, yeah. Okay, Instagram posts, <laughs> comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a picture of Aline Ford. So there you go. He's on a professional basketball team in Puerto Rico, one of the winningest 
The last championship was 2015. There you go. Well, congrats. Congrats, Aleem. There's a first next to his name, so I don't know if that meant he was the first pick or he was their first pick. I couldn't click on it because I don't have an account. I didn't want to sign up for it. <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> so, Aleem Port, I think he's the first one who's of the uh, of the players who left who've kind of committed to something else, right? Yeah, as far as I know. Sounds like it. So, congratulations to to him. Uh, there was news on uh, Reggie Pearson. Did you see this? N- no. He's uh, so he's safety, uh, defensive back. Uh, he uh, entered the transfer portal, committed mm-hmm. to oh shoot, South Dakota State. I don't know. I think South Dakota State. Whatever. Decommitted. Now he's going to Texas Tech. <laughs> so. <laughs> So that was a short short stay in, uh, I think it was South Dakota. So that's going to say, I don't know. doesn't matter. He's going to Texas Tech now. So that also happened. All right. All right anything, anything else, else Badgers? I don't think so. That's, that's all it? Yeah. All right. Let's do, uh, let's do a little NFL draft. NFL draft started this week. First round is on Thursday. The NFL draft is back. Uh, I'm pretty excited, Marlo, about this. I want to see how excited you are uh, for this inaugural draft and why or why not you're excited. Uh, I mean, it's the draft, man. I'm always I'm always excited about it. Um, you know, we're going to be back in person. Goodell is vaxxed up, says he's going to be giving hugs again. Great. Um, I forget where they're going to be. Where are they going to be? Do you know where they're going to be? I, I, I don't. Um, it was supposed to be in Vegas, right? Yeah, but I can't remember if they went back. I don't think they were. Anyways, there. they are... Uh, yeah, so they're back in the live... Cleveland. Oh. The land. Sounds awesome, yeah. So, yeah, the booze are going to be back. Booze are going to be back for Goodell. Um, yeah, we got a lot to pick from. I mean, storylines we're going to talk about in a minute, but... Um, I'm, I'm excited. It's the draft, man. It's the first... It's the first of the NFL news cycle to get going here. Yeah, I... I feel like it's been a few years since I've been really into in an NFL draft, but I've I don't know what it is about this one. It's probably well, I'll, I'll say why I think it is in a moment. But uh, this one has me really intrigued. Um, I could get on my high horse and say I'm not interested in the draft because the Packers usually don't pick early, which is kind of true. But yep. um, I still like the storylines. I still like seeing where you know as like I think our kind of collective most inter- sport we're most interested in is college football. So it's always fun to see, you know, how, how players from that translate in the NFL, where they're going in the NFL and that sort of thing. So I'm always really excited for the draft. But I feel like this draft has, as opposed to some of the more recent drafts, has so many quarterback and skill player positions, which are the positions I can kind of know and understand, and less of the kind of defensive and offensive linemen, which – are obviously important to winning football, but they don't stand out to me as kind of a more casual fan um, watching college football. Uh, so it's a lot of the kind of mock drafts have players that I know and and have watched play, and that I'm really excited to see where they all go. Nice, yeah. Um, lots of yeah, you mentioned lots of QBs, lots of, of skill players. I think that's. That kind of usually makes it better when, like you said, we're those are positions we're able to pay attention to. They're the flashy ones. We're not 
completely reliant on uh, McShade's uh, comp to some offensive tackle that, sure, yeah, he's going to be good, right? Right. Um, here's, here's the highlight film of, what am I, of this guy pancaking somebody. Uh, <laughs> right. So, but yeah, no, that's that's part that part makes it exciting. Be it's like name, it's like having name brand, right? Right. Um, there are names that we know, we've seen make plays, um, seen in the highlight reels, or see, especially if they're you know from the Big Ten or when we took up the uh, the Pac-12 for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's we know who they are. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned that. Uh, let's start with QBs because uh, there's. I think six now projected to go, five or six projected to go in the first round, um, and maybe one or two more depending on who's going to trade up at the end of, end of that first round. So I went back, Marlo. I got the stats department on this, and I looked at when uh, there were this many QBs in first in the first round. And going back to 1983, which is as far back as the spreadsheet that I found <laughs> went. I mean, our stats department found. Um, <laughs> There were five, so there were six quarterbacks drafted in 1983, five in '99, and five in the first round in 2018. Okay. And so I just kind of go back to this: Are we just? This is just an eternal draft question. Are we just talking ourselves into these quarterbacks uh, this year because so many teams need quarterbacks that are drafting towards the top of the draft or drafting the first round here, um, or are these quarterbacks that good? And when there's been this many, it's essentially been a 50% success ratio. So 2018, here we go. Baker Mayfield, I guess, good, right? Yeah. You chalk that up to being a good pick. Sam yeah. Darnold, probably not. No. Josh Allen, good. Good. Josh Rosen, definitely not. <laughs> Is he in the league anymore? <laughs> not sure. Not sure. <laughs> Uh, but I should say he channeled the whole them drafting Kyler Murray about as good as anybody could. Uh, so good for him on that. Uh, Lamar Jackson definitely worked out. Yes. So three out of five there, I guess you'd say. All right, ninety nine. Tim Couch, Ooh. not great. Donovan McNabb, that worked out well. Yep. Achilles Smith, that's Achilles Smith. Achilles Smith, definitely not good. Dante Culpepper, eleventh pick, and then Cade McDown, twelfth pick. Kidding now, wow! Yeah. So Fine. we're at fi- we're at fifty percent now because three of those did not work. Yeah, two of those did. Uh, all right, and then you go back to the fabled nineteen eighty three draft, which had I'll do the I'll do it out of order, but I'll do it in order. They picked it. So John Elway, yep. Todd Blackledge, if you were drafting him for doing college football games, I guess, but probably <laughs> not in the NFL. He's pretty good, and he always does the I went to this place and ate this food thing. Yes, yeah, that's pretty good. Jim Kelly definitely worked. Tony Eason, no, right? I don't no. know. This is a little before my Ken O'Brien. He was there for a while with the Jets, but I think, and then Dan Marino. So you're about fifty percent, which I think is kind of the historical average, right, of quarterbacks. Is you either hit or you don't. So it's crazy to think like you're drafting five, six quarterbacks here in the first round, and it sounds like the top three are going to be quarterbacks, and it sounds like there could be five in the top ten. And half of those <laughs> aren't going to be good. It seems crazy that uh, it's stacked up like this, and I think it's going to be it's going to be wild. It's going to be the most interesting draft to follow uh, for some time because of that. Yeah, it'd be interesting because I think you're on something like it. 
it's kind of both, right? Like teams need quarterbacks. We're in this mode of our right, not only need quarterbacks, but they want to get them on that first contract to be good, right? Uh, so it's become it's become more important as these as the salaries have gone up uh, for those positions to get that. And, you know, kind of Russell Wilson wrote the book on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, get the get a really good quarterback in there. Get him on the first contract. Get everything else around him, um, them, and then you and try to win a Super Bowl like that. And a lot of teams. I mean, these quarterbacks. Obviously, they're good in college. You know, I, I kind of look at some of them. Like, I guess I don't see how it's going to translate. But yeah, you know, I could be wrong. We I, we sat there and said, <laughs> what's the boy's name um, in San Diego now? Um, oh, Herbert. Herbert. Yeah, <laughs> we were. I think last year we were at a nauseum about how we didn't see how that was going to translate. Uh, <laughs> whoops, whoops! But that's why they pay us the big bucks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'll be yeah, I'll be curious which ones are going to work out because that's the thing too. It's like we think some of the ones we think are slam dunks that won't be, and then they'll come out. You know, some other cute or you know, come a surprise QB that'll come out and he'll be the best of the draft or yeah, you know, or right up there. You know, right. Yeah, and it's just, it's just weird kind of looking at this. And I know I picked kind of three random. Or they weren't random because they had the you know the quarterbacks yeah. with the most. But it it literally went like there weren't two good in a row. Like so, right. it wasn't like there were six picks and the first three were good and the last three weren't. It it literally alternates like good bad good bad bad good bad good. Like it's right. it's crazy looking at it. Um, and yeah, it's just looking at this. It it seems so weird to be like looking at and be like, it sounds like Mac Jones is going to go third overall. But Trey Lance could be the best quarterback in there. It's so weird. And then there's a whole other, the next tier of uh, Trask, Kellen Mond, and uh, shoot, the guy out of Stanford. Uh, any of those, and I think those, they're all projected to go in the second or maybe some will drop to the third round, could be as good as any of these. It's, it's so crazy to think that we're Spend this draft capital on almost a, a coin flip is is kind of crazy, but I guess yeah. the whole draft is kind of crazy like that. So the quarterbacks, the one reason I'm interested, and then skill positions uh, are seem off the charts in this. Uh, the top three wide receivers out of the SEC with Chase, um, Devonta Smith, and uh, Waddle, and then uh, Pitts. I guess they're all out of the SEC because Pitts is out of the SEC too. All seem like kind of game changing type players. Uh, that 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 are going to go high. Um, I don't. know. I'm just excited that it's, again. It's these skill positions. It's like the first tackle is going to go like fifth. <laughs> yeah. The first defender is going to go like eighth or something. It's going to be uh, very kind of in my wheelhouse of kind of what I the players I know and the players that I, that I watch and, and I'm interested in where they go. Uh, but it sounds like the draft mystery really starts here with the 49ers. Um, obviously, they traded up. What did they trade from? Eight to third or something like that. <clears throat> Ninth yeah. to third. Uh, so they're in the third pick, and everybody thinks that Trevor Lawrence is going to go first. Everybody thinks that Zach Wilson is going to go second. And it, it, most people think Mac Jones is going to go, or Mac Jones, excuse me, quarterback's going to go third to the 49ers. And Mac Jones is the favorite, but I, I, they're still kind of throwing Trey Lance around. Fields is out there at, at this position, and I think that's where the draft really gets history. And it's just weird that they've traded up to this position and like nobody knows what they're going to do. Yeah, not enough inside sources. I don't know. 
Um, it looks like, you know, I, I don't, I'm sure some of this came from Bears uh, to get up here. So maybe they're pulling that. They're just going to trade up and they're to reverse <coughs> fortune and pick quarterback. That's not going to work out. At the top That's, three pick. It's funny you say that <laughs> because I wrote down in our notes Mac Jones comp. And I could, if they take Mac Jones, this is as Mitch Trubisky written all over it. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, you take a quarterback who looked good, like looked good in college, yep, but has kind of questions on what his upside is going to be. How good? How? How? how I, I don't know. I, I'm, maybe I'm misremembering the Mitch Trubisky draft. And then there's going to be lots of quarterbacks that go after him <laughs> if he goes third. Uh, and all those quarterbacks are high upside quarterbacks. You know, Fields, Lance, they could not do well, but those are um, in, uh, the second rounders that I mentioned earlier. Those are high upside quarterbacks. I can see this Mac Jones thing being a Mitch Trubisky thing in three years. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's just weird they traded up because normally when somebody, in, in my memory, or it, how I think of this is, they traded up for a reason, right? And usually the reason is like there's this obvious guy who's going to be there. So let's assume that Lawrence and Fields are gone. Lawrence and Fields, my God, I'm getting these names all mixed up. Lawrence and Wilson are gone. So they're like, okay, we have the next best player. So we're going to go up and get that guy. It, it feels like it should be more obvious than like, oh, we're shuffling through these three quarterbacks in our mind, two or three quarterbacks in our mind. Oh, we also might take Pitts. Like it, I, I know a little bit of that is disinformation yeah. uh, from the 49ers, but also it just seems strange that like they're not like, and we got our guy. We already know who we're going to go for. It just seems like a very strange move to move up that much to still have a big question mark there. But we'll, we'll see. I don't know. I, yeah. Maybe they'll just take Mac Jones and... He'll be very good, but not great <laughs> in Mike Shanahan's system. Yeah, and they'll still find a way to make it to the Super Bowl somehow. That's the one thing that I, I guess is um, would pre- maybe prevent a Mitch Trubisky situation. There is Kyle Shanahan's like an elite level quarterback coach. Yeah, he's the elite, like, elite system guy. Like he can yeah. put he can put him in a good enough positions to succeed like you know you look at um i mean even on their super bowl run um i need to start breaking my football but um jimmy Jew? jimmy jimmy Jones, yeah jimmy jimmy g like he didn't play that well like that season he played okay like as yeah. you know said, like, but he was just they were just able to put them in positions and you know you saw what he did when they actually had players with uh in atlanta and uh yeah in you know, I mean, he made, and then Washington, like, look at the crap he had there, and he made it halfway decent. I mean, you know, I thought that, not that, uh, <laughs> Robert Griffin third's hey, crap, uh, but, you know, yeah. but after that, you take a step back to, um, but it, anyway, it just, you know what I'm getting it just, at. Yeah, it just, it seems weird. So let, let's say that's the thought, right? Yeah, and, and and this is kind of the, I, I think that's an interesting thought, but to trade up to three, to take a good system quarterback with low downside, seems like such a weird move as opposed to let's see it sit at nine, 
maybe Mac Jones falls to us, but maybe somebody else. Like, if you're a system coach, like, right. just be like, I'm going to do the best with whatever quarterback. And one of the ones, because it doesn't seem like Mac Jones is kind of like, so it seems like Trevor Lawrence is head and tails above everybody else. And Zach Wilson is another level above that, according to. This isn't my ring. This is what I've kind of read, right? Um, and then there's kind of like a collection of three or four guys who are, you know, on the same level, same grades, same, you know, outcome, whatever. Yeah. Outcome is the wrong word. Same caliber of possibility. And to trade up to get one of those when you could have just taken one of them at nine, it just seems really weird. Yeah. Now maybe he'll be the next Joe Montana. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, that's, you know, it's going to be nice as that gives us, you know, within the first 20 minutes of the draft, you know, that will be the talk uh, when that happens. Yeah, for sure. And it'll, yeah, it'll have, well, we'll have the first 20 minutes because Reggie is going to get out and talk. And yeah, that's true. Picks are long. In the first draft these days, Marlo, they really drag it out. Um, yeah, but. It'll be it'll be interesting. I'm I'm excited. Other things excited for. Uh, I'll I'll do one first. Marlo. Um I'm excited to hope the Lions screw up their pick and don't pick one of the Alabama wide receivers. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for because I don't want to play those two Alabama wide receivers. Oh no, no, not at all. Um, yeah, that's exciting. Um, other things I'm excited for is, you know, I'm always excited to see where the Badgers are land. Um, it's going to be slim pickings for the Badgers, though. It, it will be. It will be. It will be slim pickings, but you know, and and uh, the the you know the whole uh, it's going to come up as always. Like how many SEC versus Big Twelve versus Big Ten are in the first round? Yeah. Um, is that, oh, I know. Um, Justin Fields. Speaking of quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah I know him. Uh, I'm, I see because he, for some reason, is falling like a rock. Yeah. And there's people out there saying he can't, he can't, he can't quarterback. <laughs> so okay, yeah, I'm. I remember early in this draft process, it was like Zach Wilson or Fields at number two. Yeah, and now he's like out of the top ten. Yeah, yeah. I don't want him to fall. I don't want him to fall too far, like to number twenty or anything. That was yeah. Like, I don't know. I'll take it. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I, I hope Devonta Smith lands on a team I can root for. Mm. Like he's not going to go the Packers. That's not what I mean. But right. like, not a division, not to the, not to the Lions, Vikings. Yeah. not to the Vikings. Like some, so like some AFC team where I can just watch and be like, this dude's awesome, and I can enjoy it. I'm because I'm, that dude. I just, you know, we go through this. I know, you know, he's skinny and whatever. But my God, what he did in that national championship game was yeah. the most amazing. I, Non quarterback performance, I, I remember in a long time. Yeah, he's a guy. He'll figure it out. He'll figure it out. He's so good. Yeah, he's so good. And he's going to be like the third wide receiver picked, <laughs> fourth pass catching player picked. So that's crazy. Um, other things, I, I'll save the other thing for the Bears. We'll talk about that. Uh, do you have any anything else kind of high level? We talked about the hugs already. Yeah, hugs. Good to see. Yeah, see Goodell hug. Not in Goodell's basement. That'll be nice. Yeah, definitely not Goodell's basement. We'll see if he makes wardrobe changes again. Uh, now that he's nice, so I think he should do wardrobe changes. That'd be great. All yeah. wardrobe. Are the, Wait, is uh, do we know if the um, do we know if the uh, 
the teams, the crews, the broadcast crews are going to be on site? Or are they going to be going to be off site again? I don't know if anybody's going to be on site. I don't know if there's going to be a green room. I mean, he's going to hug people, but I don't think there are going to be many people there. I thought people... Okay. All right. I don't know. Maybe I, they will. Maybe, maybe they, they will. will. I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. Are you watch. Was it really his basement? you going to watch? Oh, not, uh, not ABC. Not ABC, yeah. Agreed. Too much, too much fluff. Um, I don't know. What's it just ABC and ESPN? ABC, oh, ABC and NFL Network. Oh, I don't get that one. <laughs> I don't watch ESPN. See, I, okay, so here's the thing. Um, I like NFL Network's personalities and their breakdown. Yeah. But ESPN is like ready with the highlight packages, mm. right? Of his players. Yep. And NFL Network does not do that much of it. They really don't. Um, so, like, I like it when ESPN and they clip it and they have that highlight package ready and I get to see it. Especially, like, I mean, again, we talk about I don't care about like the O line, but like, you know, some of the other. Position still- players that I haven't seen that much, but like it's just nice to see it right then and there. Like, oh, this is the guy. It's still better to see than Rich Eisen's face. Yeah, he's talking about it. Yeah, exactly. So even if it's just an offensive lineman pancaking, you know, <laughs> uh, the sisters of the poor team, you know, right, it's yeah. it's still it's still better than staring uh, <laughs> at somebody's face while they're while they're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do like I do like I know the personalities on the NFL Network. Uh, I should maybe I'll find a way to, to get that up. Um, all right. Uh, let's talk about your Bears, Marlon, in the NFL draft. Okay. We talked about, I guess, the cross-your-fingers idea of a quarterback falling to the Bears. Are they picking 20th? 20th. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yep. Right. Um, but that seems, at least the, the, the kind of tier one quarterbacks, if we do the six or so uh, tier one quarterbacks, that seems unlikely. So I just wrote on you because it's always fun to talk to a Bears fan about quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, are you thinking quarterback or what are you thinking or hoping as a fan for this draft? And um, then what? Well, oh, really I, so let's do two things. What are you thinking or what are you hoping and what are you thinking they're going to do? Because mm-hmm. that could be two very different things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm hoping they take a skilled player. That's, you know, and if it is the quarterback, awesome. Um, I mean, really, can you could you not? I don't know. Maybe you can't get worse than Andy Dalton. But <laughs> I'd rather, I, t- I, will sh- I will take that bet uh, in the top 20 any day. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, besides skilled player, because there is talk. So I would think it's going to happen. It looks like it probably will be an offensive lineman. Uh, offensive tackle, to be exact, but there is talk if um, our man from Minnesota, Rashad uh, Bateman, falls down to twenty, yeah. that they could they possibly pick him up, um, and that'd be nice. That'd be nice to have another, you know, another receiver outside of uh, Allen Robinson. So Allen Robinson could do everything. Oh, but he's so good at doing everything. Um, he is. Think of how good he'd be if he didn't have to. Do, if he didn't have to do everything. <laughs> Yeah, the <laughs> he could have he could have been a Packer that jerk. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I go back and forth between uh, what I'm terrified terrified is a strong word. What I'm worried the Bears would do uh, if a quarterback does fall, then more they trade up to get a Justin Fields who's dropping um, and he turns out to be good. Uh, 
that stinks. Um, I wasn't too worried about Bateman until I saw a draft where they had him falling to the Packers, and now I'm worried that he's going to be picked by the Bears out of the Packers. <laughs> um, so that I think that was just more emotional investment because I saw his name linked to the Packers um, than it is like really worried that Andy Dalton's going to be able to throw to wide receivers. Uh, but it's always. It, it just kind of stinks, though. Again, I don't want, I don't mean to hate an offensive lineman, Marlo, but you get so hyped up for these yeah. drafts, and then it's like, and they pick an offensive lineman. Which, if it's a need, sure, that makes sense, but when it's, when you're, like, the Bears, the 20th pick, or the Packers, 28th pick, like, you're not getting that, like, franchise tackle, right? Because right. if you're sitting there, and right now I'm looking at a, a, a mock, and uh, uh, Panay uh, Sewell is going to the Bengals at the fifth pick in this draft. You can talk yourself into him being a franchise tackle, and that's exciting. But if you're like getting a guard from Notre Dame at the 25th pick, it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I watched all of this all day <laughs> to see this, as opposed to uh, you know a, a Rashad Bateman or something where you can like get excited and imagine, imagine him scoring touchdowns. It's just kind of a letdown from a fan standpoint. So um, while I think I agree that I, I think that's a need for the Bears, uh, and I don't, and I don't want them to take one of the other players I'm excited for. Uh, that can be disappointing. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. What? I'm just trying to, I'm going through the Bears roster in my head. God, I hope they don't get Justin Fields. Because <laughs> so I think if anybody falls to where the Bears, or even where the Bears can trade up to, I don't think they're going to get, obviously they're not getting the top three. I yeah. don't think they're going to get Trey Lance. I think he's going to go too soon. Then I think the next one's Justin Fields. No, this mock happen. I'm looking at has wait. What is happening in this mock draft? I'm like, oh, this has trades. That's why it's so confusing. Okay, because I just I looked at where the Bears were picking. This mock draft has Justin Fields getting picked by the Bears at 14. Ooh, I should say I'm doing the CBS Sports mock draft right now. Oh, they have the trading I, up to 14. Is that to 14, and then has the uh, Lions trading down to get Devonta Smith at pick 15. Oh my God, that oh, break my heart. That's your nightmare, dude. <laughs> that would break my heart. This mock is draft. this. I want to <laughs> screenshot this and throw it in the garbage because <laughs> that would be the worst. That would literally be the worst. The things I just said I didn't want to happen are happening in front of my face. <laughs> and what are the what are the Packers doing? Okay, think of the Florida wide receiver, sure. sure. Um, whatever. Now I'm going to want this to happen because I saw it. All right, so Packers, here's what I want to do with for the Packers, Marlo. How about draft for positions you need <laughs> instead of freaking backup quarterbacks and backup running backs? <laughs> just, just draft for where there are holes in your roster. Uh, that's what I want. Hey, so that's, I mean... You could pretty much give an MVP trophy to your backup quarterback because he lit a fire in your quarterback. So Yeah. And, dude, he was doing some workouts this week. I don't know if you saw it on uh, the internet, but he looked good in workouts. So he would definitely go in the first round this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, he looked I, – I don't know. Somebody tweeted it, or I saw it in a tweet, and he's like, look how awesome he is. I'm like, he's like making – you know, practice throws. Yeah. Like, what am I looking looks, at? You're good in shorts. Why are Why are we getting excited about this? Because uh, <laughs> they were like, "Watch out for the next 15 years, NFC North fans." And I was like, okay, "What is this? This isn't anything." Um, 
<laughs> so, in the, in, a lot of mocks have, again, every mock, I think, the last like 10 years has had a wide receiver going to the Packers. I don't think that's going to happen again in the first round. Um, I think they need to add to the defense. Uh, they need a cornerback out, uh, alongside uh, Jair Alexander. If that's available there, I don't. I don't know if that will be. Um, it looks like the two first round cornerbacks might go ahead of them. Um, offensive line depth would be nice, but I don't think you want to address that in the first round. So then you're looking some sort of edge rusher. Uh, again, it's kind of what's there, uh, but those are those are kind of where I'm I'm looking edge rusher, um, wide receiver if it's there and available, and maybe a better wide receiver than you would have thought would have been there. Uh, but I don't want to reach for it because I think there could be value a little bit later in the draft. But it's just then get one in the second round, right? This doesn't have to be first round. Get one in the second or third round. Don't go quarterback, running back when those are your two strongest positions um, on the team. Uh, so that's what that's what I want. I. It, I saw. I've seen a couple where they trade up to get a cornerback. That'd be great. Um, who is it? It's uh, Asante. Is it Asante Samuel Jr.? I thought it was somebody else. Maybe it was Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, that'd be great. But that's what I'm looking for. Don't draft backups. <laughs> a low bar. A low bar. Don't draft backups. All right. I'm. I, Nonetheless, except for the NFL draft, uh, and we'll obviously recap a lot of it next week after after it happens. Um, yeah, I was gonna just throw out an idea, but I maybe I'll throw it out after the podcast instead of throwing it out middle of recording. So okay, All right. I'll wait for that. We'll talk about it. All right, let's move on from the NFL on to baseball. Make this a little quicker than I thought. Uh, Brewers. Great week, Marlowe. Sweep the Padres. Win another series versus the Cubs. We've already won three series versus the Cubs. All of them two games to one. Um, starting pitching has been great. That kind of fell apart today. Baseball is so weird because I'm in this great mood. I'm getting ready for the podcast. I'm like, here we go. I'm in this great Brewers mood, and they're losing now 6-0 to Miami. And I'm just like, Brewers suck. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> I hate baseball. Uh, but it's so funny, the ups and downs that baseball has. It's a 162-game season. Yep. And I always, again, what we talked about earlier, how sports mess with our emotions. I, I'm i just like, I can contextualize, like, a victory out to 162, but a loss just feels so shitty. In like, the Cubs, so we opened up the Cubs series. I think we lost 15-2. to two. And it, I was like, this, we already lost this series. This is over. And then we win the next two, and I feel great about it. <laughs> but it's just this up and down roller coaster all through the season. Um Baseball sports are weird. Baseball, especially because there's like you lose in football, in college football, yeah. and it sucks because yeah. you know I, this is over. It's this over. the playoffs there. is over. Yep. Then you lose again. You know uh, the ne- You know you can't win the Big Ten now. It like each loss is so significant. So it kind of makes sense why you're so bummed. But losing 15 to the Cubs <laughs> in the middle of April, and I'm like just my nights ruined. It doesn't make any. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense, but yet here I am. Um, so they went on this run, five and one over this road trip, uh, all without Yelich, who's still recovering from back problem. He had an MRI uh, today or yesterday. I think he had it yesterday. The results came out today, and they don't see anything significantly wrong. But he's still not back to playing shape. So That's I guess concerning. it's He's had a lot of back issues, and I mean, well, yeah, you know. He said some back issues. I mean, obviously he fouled the ball off his knee and broke his kneecap. Yes. That 
sucks. Yeah, he, he yeah he struggled with it a little bit last year. It, it is concerning because that Braun had back issues and stuff, and it's just kind of something that we're we're used to. Uh, I guess it's it's good. It's you know when you go to the doctor and you're like shit, this whatever hurts or I don't feel good, and they come back and they're like, it's not these things we thought it was. And you're like, well, good, it's not those things. Those things suck, but it still hurts. It we don't know what it is. <laughs> that also sucks. <laughs> So we're in that situation with Yelich. We don't know what it is, which is good because it's not like a, like a broken back or something. I don't even know what it, or or whatever um, it would be. I don't even know what you would get, see from an MRI for a back, but it also still is preventing him from playing, and we therefore don't know what it is. That also sucks. Um, so MLB players, Marlo, just like us, uh, in that regard. <laughs> Uh, this week, homestand with the Marlins. We're already losing game one. So, again, I've given up on the series, even though it's game one. Uh, and the Dodgers come to town over the weekend, so that should be a good one. It's Spurs, Marlowe. How are, about your White Sox? White Sox uh, coming off the weekend of a sweep of the Rangers. Take that, Rangers. Yeah, take that, Rangers. As you pointed out, before we start recording, they are not that good at baseball. Yeah. Let's see if I know any players on the Rangers. <laughs> so, but you're taking care of business. Uh, yeah, taking care of business there uh, with the Rangers. Next up is the the Tigers. Three games set with them starting tomorrow. Um, yeah, we had some good young pitching, uh, good young pitching innings that are coming out uh, from the last two games. So, you know, things are. Uh, I think I, a couple weeks ago was complaining about the bullpen. Um, who is still let up some uh, late runs out of there, but. That is starting to form out a little better as uh, we take care of business during these these teams that aren't that well. Uh, hopefully that continues with as we go through the Tigers before we meet up with the Indians again. And also, surprisingly, Kansas City's in first place. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't realize that to look at standings. Don't know where that came from, but uh, White Sox sit two games back of the Royals who are in first place. Yeah, you got to think that they can't keep that up because that's yeah. not... Baseball usually comes back to the mean uh i know three players on on the rangers although i don't know if i should count brock holt if i really know him or that just is a name that sounds familiar <laughs> um, but joey gallo i knew joey gallo yeah yeah uh they have jordan lyles who was on the brewers last year or two years ago one of the two and i think i knew their closer ian kennedy i think and that's it that's all i knew on the on the rangers when were they in the World Series? Is that like, I want to say Rangers? 2015 again. Yeah. They had the, they almost won. They were up like 3 1. Um, Rangers World Series. Getting the stats to pour on it. I feel like it was a long time ago. 2011. Yeah. That was a long time ago. Oh, because they were against the Cardinals. Oh, I don't want to talk about this. Yeah, I know. I remember this now. This was, this is when the Brewers should have won. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Let's move on. on. All right. Uh, other baseball. Um, there was a big kerfuffle. In baseball circles, Marlo Cubs. A lot of kerfuffle. Your kerfuffle. boy, Mad Bum, yeah. had a no-hitter through seven innings, and there was this whole... Apparently, MLB said it doesn't count as uh, a no-hitter, and people were like, baseball, you suck, you're so old. It's obviously a no-hitter. Uh, and what do you think, Marlo? Is it a no-hitter or not? What was... Break down the rule for me. All right. The rule is so they in double headers, 
they uh, this is a, a COVID kind of legacy rule, right? So we did this in the shortened season. So when there are doubleheaders, the games only last seven innings. So Madison ah. Bumgarner threw a no-hitter through seven innings, but the game ended because it was, I don't know if it was the first or second part of the double doubleheader, but it was in a doubleheader game, so it was only seven innings. So should it count as a no-hitter? Um, yeah, that's a game. You can't say this is the game and then, but no, it's not the game. Like, you can't have it both ways. It's either a game or it's not. He threw no hitter during the game, which is, which the rules are it's only going to be seven innings. You throw no hits in that seven innings, which you consider a game. It is now a no hitter. That's how I feel about it. Okay. Well, that's a terrible take. Because. <laughs> <laughs> This is a uh, – I have – I'm mixing two analogies in my head, so I'm not going to do either of them. We need a little nuance here, Marlon. Okay. Because it's obviously a no-hitter. He threw a no-hitter in seven innings, but it's obviously way easier to throw a no-hitter sure. through seven innings than through nine innings. So just make up a new stat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Make, make up a baseball We can stat. do anything we want with stats. No-hitter. Parentheses, seven innings. That's a whole different category than normal no-hitters. Boom. Problem solved. But we yelled at each other for three days, and I tricked Marlo into taking a stand on the podcast. It was Ooh. fun. Tricky. <laughs> if, there was, if, you don't, if, you, if you weren't to make up a new rule, then yes, count it as a, a no-hitter and put a little asterisk. Like we should with the home run totals and everything. It's, we need more asterisks in the baseball rule book or record book. Yeah, so here we go. Here's another opportunity for like Yeah. Um, all right. Elsewhere, uh, Fernando Tatis is amazing. Uh, he, I think, he hit five home runs in a series against the Dodgers, uh, and I guess he's the coolest base, cooler player, coolest player in baseball. Uh, he stole second base, feet first, and like slid his helmet came off. He caught his helmet. He. F- Stood up, flicked back his hair, and put his helmet on. And I swear to God, I was watching a movie for a minute. <laughs> he's so freaking cool. And I want to watch every Padres game, at least when he's at bat. But it's tough because then Machado's up after him. And as a Brewers fan, I have to hate him. So it's a real, it's a real, con- uh, uh, differentiating opinions on conflicting. There we go. That was a word I couldn't think of. Conflicting opinions on the Padres in general. But. Tatis is freaking amazing and so fun to watch. Also, Dodgers fans boo Machado a lot, which I don't really get. Like, didn't he win a World Series with them? Yes. Didn't that just happen? It did. But he signed for more money than you were going to pay him, so you're going to boo him? That doesn't make sense. It makes sense when you leave, like, Milwaukee. <laughs> and it's like a small market team, and it's like, we never won anything, and now you're with these big guys, you know, these other teams, and you're winning. But you're the Dodgers. You have more as much money as... Everybody, I was gonna say is God, but you know, I don't know if they have as much money as God. I've seen his bank out lately. Yeah. Um, so it's like you chose not to sign him. I don't. Dodgers fans, I don't think they should be booing him for financial reasons. That's my take. But I'm okay with other people hating Machado too. That's you know, conflicting. You're okay with there. that. Okay with all that. All right, stats of the week, Marlo. Ready, real quick. Ready. <clears throat> the AOS standings currently, as their logos look, the A's. Are in first with the A. The Mariners, Seattle Mariners are second with the S. The Astros are in third with the H. The wait, what did it? The 
Astros are in fourth with the A, and the Rangers are in fifth with the T. That's A S H A T. It's hilarious. Nice. There we go. Real stat of the week. Bruce Cub stat during their series. Um, ha- Javier Baez of the Cubs is the first MLB player to go 0 for 4 with four strikeouts in one game and then hit a grand slam the next game since the Brewers' Gorman Thomas did it in the first two games of the 1978 season. Javier Baez strikes out a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he strikes out a lot. Um, that was actually the first game was before the Brewers series and then he hit the grand slam in the first game of the Brewers series. But it was Brewers because... He had the grand slam against Bruce, and then Gorman Thomas was the last one to do it in 78. I mean, I can strike out in four games, but four, four times in a game, but I'm also not a professional baseball player. The Cubs are in a really weird situation. Have you seen their kind of their roster composition? I have not. Have you no. seen, basically, everybody is a free agent after this year on their team. Like, the, pretty much the entire team is free agents. Anybody who matters on the team is a free agent after this year. They haven't reached a contract decision with any of their core players. That's wild. It's very crazy. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're all at the, like, the 30, or let's say 29 to 31 range, right? So it's like you're probably getting the best they are right now. Like they're not probably not going to get better, but baseball players kind of hang on a little bit longer. So are you going to sign them these big extensions and keep this core together? Or are you going to blow it up? What happens if you blow it up? What the hell does the Cubs look like then? Because mm-hmm. it's not like they have a lot of... It's not like they have this old core and these young, exciting players bursting through. It's these guys. This is their team. It... They all might be gone next year. It's crazy. It's a precarious situation. Here we go. All right, baseball. That is baseball. All right. Um, oh, God. I've been waiting all week for this one, Casey. We had to talk about it. Casey's <laughs> corner kick. We had, so, we, had a lot, we had a lot of news <laughs> last week. Yeah. And, and now it all comes, comes crumbling. Well, it's what was frustrating about last week was it happened like an hour or two before we recorded. So I was just like on the tip of trying to figure out like what this was and what it meant. And I I tried my best to explain it. Uh, And then like I kind of read the news and read kind of the think piece afterwards. I'm like, well, these guys did a much better job explaining it than me. But to be fair, they had a day or two to figure it out. And the I I think I was touching on the, the, the kind of the breakaway football league. And that I think was the best. The best analogy was like, what if the. You know these twenty schools and the Atlantic, the Atlantic, the Athletic, the Athletic did uh, a really good piece on this, uh, and they put Nebraska in there, which ruffled all Wisconsin fans' feathers. Um, but that's literally the equivalent to putting Arsenal in there, so it's fine. Um, but it, that, that's the best, I guess, American example of it. Um, so. That's where I guess we left it last week, and then I think literally within 24 hours of us recording the podcast, it fell through. Um, there was severe fan backlash. Um, I touched a little bit on it last week, but the, I, I, even for what we saw at the beginning, I mean, they were protesting. The, the Liverpool fans took down their, 
your fan signs. Um, I, I saw a video of Peter Cech, who's now like an executive with uh, Chelsea. He's out in the street like arguing with fans to move out of the way so the team bus can get to the stadium to play a game, their own team. Uh, it was crazy, the fan backlash. And I guess first I want to talk, before I talk about the merits of the, the Super League, um, what a colossally disastrous rollout these teams did of this league. I mean, we talk about I, I we we throw around business reviews a lot on this podcast. <clears throat> In some sort of marketing firm or business school, they have to look at how terribly these I guess 12 teams who actually put their pen to the paper on this just fucked this up because <laughs> everybody hated it. Nobody understood their justification. The team <clears throat> The real justification they had was, we'll lose money doing this, and everybody's like, you're the richest flipping teams in the world. What are you talking about? Um, yeah, you'll lose money short term, but like, you're not going to go under. You're Barcelona. You're not like some third-tier English club. Like, Get out of here. Um, they explained it poorly. They explained what the competition would be poorly. They explained why it would be better for the fans poorly. Every bit of this... From a leaked story to a shared press release by each of these teams was done so poorly. And a lot of the, this is killing the fans or the fans were so against this because this game is about the fans. A little bit of that I don't get. Maybe because I'm not in Europe, I don't understand kind of the groundswell of it as well. But like, I'm just kind of trying to think of this as a Liverpool fan. Like, why does this kill my connection to the club? And I think that's just an American thought because I'm so used to the concept of franchises, right? So in Europe, if you're Liverpool, you have to compete to be in the Champions League every year. You have to compete to be in these competitions, a lot of them. And you don't just aren't in them by birthright or by franchise, right? Um, So a lot of... I think the groundswell is like, no, you're just now in this and you can just suck and it doesn't matter anymore. If you're Arsenal and you lose, I switch to Arsenal because I don't want to talk about Liverpool losing. If you're Arsenal and you just lose in the Super League every year, you don't lose your spot. You don't have, you don't owe anything to the fans or to whatever to do better. But even that, like, that thought process, I think that's the only way I can get to, like, why fans of the Super teams were so upset. But, and they were all, Super upset. They were talking about tearing down tradition. And I go back to last week. They were only getting rid of the Champions League. They weren't necessarily getting out of the Premier League. They weren't necessarily getting out of the Liga. They were just saying, we want to guarantee that we're in whatever the equivalent of Champions League is every year. Because we can't do that right now. If I'm a fan of Liverpool, like that, sure. Like, I, that doesn't, you know, strike at the heart of my fandom. They were out of the Premier League because the FA kicked them out of the Premier League. That yeah. wasn't Liverpool leaving the Premier League. So I think that that kind of was, again, PR disaster. They didn't explain that. They didn't come out and say, we're doing this Super League. We're just doing this instead of the Champions League. We still love the Premier League. We still want to live the Premier League. We still want to cher- we cherish our success in the top flight of England for 150 years or however the hell long it is that they've been in there. Like They needed to say these things to say we're not giving up on that past. Right now it looks like they're just saying F off and we're going to go do this better thing. Terrible PR rollout. Um, 
they didn't explain. Did they? I, I just. And then all the owners, a couple of the, the presidents of these, uh, Manchester United's president or CEO or whatever, has resigned. Juventus has resigned. Uh, John Henry, who heads up uh, Liverpool's ownership group, who also owns uh, the Boston Red Sox, gave this apology. This, I don't want to say pathetic, but I mean, the fact that he's apologizing to fans is that he put himself in this position is pathetic. Um, just a colossal misplay. And I can't get over how big of a misplay it is. Um, as far as the league goes, I guess I'm still happy with the Champions League. It would have been more fun to watch these good teams play each other more often. And like one of the analysis I, I read was like, uh, hey, when the top teams play each other, isn't necessarily more exciting. Like the, yeah. the goal amounts and stuff. It's like, that's not the point. The point of sports isn't necessarily more exciting. The point of sports is how interested you are in them. Like how you view the sport so when Barcelona and Arsenal play to a 0-0 draw that might not be exciting but damn it I'm invested because it's Barcelona and and Arsenal that's more exciting than a 3-2 Arsenal versus Wigan game because of the excitement interest I as a fan am putting into it so I would have been excited to see these teams play more often I think we'll eventually get not the Super League as it was devised here but I think there's going to be something else where these teams play more. And God damn it, they better do a better. And they picked like the worst time to do this. They they did this as the quarterfinals of the Champions League were happening. When they give it UEFA a chance to respond immediately and kick three of the four teams out of the competition. There's a Euro 2021 coming up. This, or Euro 2020 is coming up this summer, which affects a lot of these teams. And a World Cup in a couple years like as far as the cycle goes of when you could have done this this was the worst time to do it <laughs> to have the greatest negative effect on your clubs in your play and your players um it's just it's unbelievable i think so uh the the story or the theory i like the best is eventually we're going to get a, whatever a super league is we're going to get a european league where it's the top teams of each domestic league go into the European League. They play each other, and it's going to... So Liverpool can leave the Premier League. They go in, they get promoted into the European League. That's a league that has promotion and relegation, but so it still kind of protects the sanctity, which is apparently very important to uh, European soccer, of the whole promotion-relegation idea. But if there's going to be, I think eventually there will be a league on top of Europe that is above the domestic leagues that we get to, as opposed to the Champions League that is just kind of a, a, a mini step up on those leagues. I think you're going to get a full European league where it's, I don't know if it's 20 teams, but that seems to be the number that the Europeans like to have in their competitions. You have 20 teams across all of Europe that compete in a year-long league, and that's going to supersede the individual uh, domestic leagues. I think that will happen. And that will be more natural to how they have their uh, league set up. But you'll have to kind of fight over how many of each. But, I mean, they do that for Champions League, how many of each thing get in there. So, But I think that's the end result. Um, but, not the, but it's not going to be the American idea of franchises, which is what they were trying to instill with the Super League. That's a long rant. Yeah. Yeah. What was your thought on the Super League? Well, it 
it it it left before it even started. So you got me excited for the Super League. You got me amped up for the Super League. Was super excited, and I think was it who who was the first team to leave or like publicly? Yeah, there was Uh, Barcelona. It wasn't Barcelona. I think Barcelona was in pretty far. It was the the English team started to crack first. I I think it was Arsenal or Tottenham who did who shouldn't have been in there in the first place. Um, And then I think I think Chelsea was the kind of tipping point. Yeah, Chelsea. Then, then City left. Maybe it was and Chelsea then, when I got to, when I saw that Chelsea left, and I was like, "This isn't going to work." It's just, it's one of those things where they all had to hold strong, and obviously yeah. that wasn't happening. Um, so I think um, that's I, what made me say, "Like, yeah, this isn't going to, this isn't going to work out." I think Chelsea was a different point because then Chelsea backed out, and then City backed out, and you, and then at that point, you've lost two of the biggest. And the most recent, the recent most successful English team in Manchester City, it's not going to work without those. So then Liverpool followed suit. Manchester United followed suit. Uh, I think Real Madrid might still be in it. <laughs> their their president was the head of it, so he was yeah. the chairman or whatever. So go down they the might ship. still be in it. Um, I think one or two of the Italian clubs did. Italian clubs are in a real, real pickle though, because. Their league is really struggling financially, like the league in large. Yeah. Um, a lot of teams are really struggling financially, whereas like in La Liga, it's kind of the same. Um, but in Italy, like a lot of the not top teams are really struggling, and the like they're and they've had like corruption scandals in their lower league, and it's kind of a disaster there. So I bet the Italian teams are like, hell yeah, so let's get out of this, let's go to the the Super League. Um, and then when when uh, so it was Chelsea kind of waffling and, and leaving. And then when the German teams were like, "We don't want any part of this," because they saw the PR disaster, uh, and they could be you know the heroes and say, "We don't want any uh, any part of this." Once they were out, I think it was kind of the writing was uh, it was over at that point. Um, but yeah, it, I, <laughs> just how quickly it all happened. The shoddy announcement to teams just backing out to the bizarre press conference that the Real Madrid president had where they said that they signed 23-year contracts. <laughs> binding contracts that obviously weren't binding. It was, it was absolutely bizarre. That's... I don't... I, I think, like, this is something people should study because this was just an unmitigated disaster. Oh, yeah. There needs to be, there needs to be books written about this. Studies done... Uh, yeah, grants given. I need to know more. But I, it, yeah, great story. It, a, a phenomenal story, I think. The rise and fall of the Super League in less than 48 hours. <laughs> Michael Lewis should write that book. Or somebody like Michael Lewis. Michael Lewis is really good at this kind of sports business books, right? Moneyball. Yeah. That other one. That other one. The other thing. You wrote The Big Short, right? Yeah, The Big Short. Yeah. That doesn't involve sports, but that was also one. He's probably written other books. I read, uh, I read those two, though. All right. That's Super League. Super uh, League. Then all the Super League teams went on to suck over the weekend. Liverpool drew to Newcastle. Oh, my God, Marlon. They were up 90th-ish minute. 
They give up a goal. It's disallowed because it bounced off the guy's hand, even though his hand was against his arm. Fantastic. They give up another goal. And two, they give up two goals in stoppage time. Fucking pathetic. Oh, sorry. <laughs> family, family podcast. Yep. Um, not, I don't say ruining their chances, but dropping two points at this stage in the game. I think they're three points behind Chelsea right now. Five points. Shoot, I don't have the table in front of me. But you can't drop those two points to a team worse than you. Um, especially when you were given the gift of the disallowed goal. Uh, Manchester United drew Leeds. I think Arsenal drew. So it, all these teams that were in the Super League, except Man City, who went on, won the FA Cup. Zach Steffen, U.S. goalie, uh, with the, was the winning goalie in that. So that is exciting. Um, all the other teams kind of performed very poorly uh, over the weekend. So a lot of the people who are upset about the, the Super League got to have the ha-ha, some Super League you can't even beat Newcastle, Leeds. I think did Arsenal lose to Arsenal, I think, lost to Everton. So it was a whole weekend of that. There we go. That's it. That's all I got. I think that's that was it. really long. I'm sorry. That's everybody. it. No, no, it was a big week, man. I've been waiting for it. It's fine. People, people <laughs> have to hear what's going on. All right, uh, Corey, we got some throw-ins. Got one throw-in. Okay, one uh, throw-in. This was, well, unless you have a throw-in. I have one throw-in. Yep. Um, uh, I just deleted the thing. Shoot. <laughs> uh, I clicked out of the thing. Uh, the Baylor women's basketball coach, um, Mulkey is her name? Uh, Kim Mulkey leaves the Baylor program after three national titles. Um, in 21 seasons at Baylor to go to her home state team, LSU. Uh, a complete shocker in the women's bas- college basketball, Marlo. Um, and I think gives hope to anybody still holding out for the Tony Bennett to Wisconsin train. Yeah. Going home. Shows you can win a national title and leave for your home school. There you go. Why not? Why not, Tony? <laughs> Why not? In five years. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw that was, that was that's why I mean I was trying to think on any side, men or women, right? And what was her last national title? It was like two years ago, right? It wasn't wasn't long. Was it um, the last year? It was relatively recently. Yeah, it was relatively recent. Um obviously and then has final four appearances. But like who else? Like, could you see doing it? I, I guess I was thinking like Bill Self, but he didn't win it. The other, the other one was Roy Williams. Roy Williams, that's what, Kansas. Yeah, Roy North Williams, Carolina. yeah, going home in North. He won one, right? He had won and one like, at Kansas, yeah. And he didn't make Kansas basketball, like no, he did not. No, Mulkey like made Baylor basketball, so it's a little, a little different in in my mind in that regard. But yeah, right. Uh, it's it's like Roy. But kind of, it, I I can't. It's it's crazy. It'd be like Calhoun before he retired, going to somewhere else, or Bayheim. It's like yeah, I yeah. associate her with Baylor basketball, right? Now to go to LSU, I I, I mean, Roy's the closest, but other than that, I I mean I think it's unprecedented in college basketball. Yeah, that's wild. Money talks. Yeah. So yeah, her, she, I think I was just reading. Uh, I mean, she's gonna get like only a half million dollar raise. Oh, that's all. That's it. <laughs> Which I guess is like. I mean, I'll take. So it. She's going from two point three to two point eight. So nice. Okay. I guess that's what. Well, good for her. 
quick math. If it works out. Yeah. The still right. That was the only one. Any other? Any other? Uh, uh, no, I don't have any. I don't have throw-ins? any throw-ins. I don't have any no throw-ins. throw-ins. So that's tough. No esports. Esports. You're doing these things. Fudge. Yeah. No, I didn't get the esports. No, I didn't see any esports things that were happening. So. Shocked. That's all I got. All right. <laughs> well, that's it. That's it. Um, next week, yeah, we'll have a draft recap. We'll yeah, get, we'll get all we'll get all the get all the draft takes. Uh, I'm excited to see that. So draft this week. Talk about it next week. That's all I have. As always, you guys can find us on Twitter at one thirty two breeze. Myself at Marlon Jr. Casey at Prof Badger fan. Casey, that's it for me. You got any last words? I did see that. I, I don't remember who tweeted out, but they tweeted a top Twitter hand to follow for each school. Yeah, uh, Marlo, I, I hate to break it to you, but we did not win. We didn't win. We were, we, we didn't win for Wisconsin. Oh, no. shoot. So follow us more so we can win that. Yeah. Uh, Barry is the Don one, and uh, he is a uh, better Twitter follower than me. But I'm still pretty good. So go out there, follow him, follow me. Um, all right. Until next time, fellow fans, I hope that all your favorite teams win all the sports.